The purpose of Retire with Style is to help you discover the retirement income plan that is right for you. The first step is to discover your retirement income personality. Start by going to resaprofile.com style and sign up to take the industry's first financial personality tool for retirement planning. I guess they don't believe in less is more. Well, here goes. Welcome to our Friday release. For the next few months, every Friday, we'll release a RESA-centric episode to show how advisors and individuals utilize the RESA to develop and implement successful retirement income plans. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Retire With Style. I'm Alex, and I'm here with Wade. And today marks the beginning of something Pretty interesting. Sure. Wade, yeah, take we it do away. have two special guests, but before introducing them, let me just give a little bit of context about the new arc. We finished with Social Security. We had that bonus episode as well with Jason Fickner talking about the Alliance for Lifetime Income Summit last week, and hope you had a chance to catch that. It wasn't on the normal date. Uh, now we are moving into an arc about talking with financial advisors using the retirement income style awareness. We're getting set for in July having a masterclass about the retirement income style awareness or the RISA for financial advisors. And so we like to just, it, it's used in the wild already. And, and so talking about the experiences of different financial advisors, some with our sister firm, McLean Asset Management, some with other advisors who've been really active in using the RISA in their practices as well. And to get that all started today, we're excited to welcome two of the great advisors at McLean Asset Management. Jason Rizcala and Stephen Pomanti, who uh, have worked with, and if anyone had joined the Retirement Income Challenge that we had last week, already maybe starting to get familiar with these gentlemen. They do a lot of the work primarily on the one-time planning that, that can be based on uh, starting with the RISA, moving into building a financial plan. And these are both great advisors. I, I Got to know Stephen first as a student at the American College of Financial Services in our advanced retirement planning class where for the master's program, the MS, it was still the MSFS, I believe, when you were there, Stephen, they did change the name at some point. But uh, very happy to welcome you both on, onto the show and, and thank you for joining us today. No, thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, and and Wade, since we we we're we're getting into the RISA, do you want to level set just uh, for for new folks that are, are new to the podcast? We give a lot of attention to the RISA at the start of of our podcast series, you know, episodes one through I don't know fifteen maybe, but perhaps we can do a little Cliff Notes version since it's going to be <laughs> something you know that we're going to refer to in this arc just to make sure everyone right, gets the the language yeah. down, and then Stephen and Jason can. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to be a recurring theme. So the title of the podcast, Retire with Style, is a, a play off of the Retirement Income Style Awareness, which is an assessment tool as people approach retirement and they start to think about, okay, I've been climbing up the mountain. I've been accumulating assets for retirement. What do I need to do to make that transition where I'm going to shift from adding savings to taking distributions? How do I want to source my retirement income? And I've been involved with the retirement planning world now for more than 13 years. And during that time, as soon as I got started with all this, just seeing this big debate where no one could agree on the quote unquote best retirement income strategy, a lot of the research I've done is ultimately just pointing to the idea that there are different strategies out there that are all viable if they're used by the right individual, but but how does somebody find a, a strategy to start with and to build their retirement around? And the, Alex, with his background in psychology research, with his PhD in psychology, and my, with my background on retirement income more specifically, we started to look at, well, what sort of factors might describe someone's personality for retirement? We came down to these two primary factors. You've got the probability-based safety first factor, which is probability-based emphasis on I'm comfortable relying on the market and growth through the market to fund my retirement. 
safety first. I, I still may believe in the markets, but I want some sort of contractual protection to help protect my core spending in retirement. And then you have the optionality commitment factor. If you're optionality oriented, you really value the flexibility of making changes with your assets. You don't want to lock anything in. But if you have a commitment orientation, actually there is more of a sense. And this came up with our, our most recent episode. The, we had the consumer panel at the Alliance for Lifetime Income where, where two of the individuals wanted a set it or forget it approach. And that's really a reflection of the commitment orientation. It's this idea that if I can find something that will solve for my lifetime need, I'd rather take care of that, check it off my to-do list, commit to that strategy and not have to worry about it in the future and, and know that things are taken care of, especially with cognitive decline potential and so forth, but I've gotten this taken care of. And, and so with these two factors, you get four quadrants. That it was so cool to see how that translated into the different retirement strategies out there. The, the total return investing approach where you just take a distribution from your investment portfolio, the time segmentation or bucketing approach where you just invest differently based on the time horizon, the income protection approach where you build a floor of protected lifetime income to cover your basic spending and then invest on top of that, or the risk wrap uh, approach, which could also use a protected lifetime income floor, but can also involve a sense of just, you're more comfortable with the markets, but you want to build some guardrails around your strategy. And, and so any of these are viable strategies. It's really then just a matter of finding the appropriate strategy for each individual. And that's the whole idea behind the RISA as an assessment tool, as a first step in thinking about retirement income planning. How would you actually like to choose from the, the menu of options in framing that conversation around how do I want to build my retirement strategy. So I hope that'll serve as a good cliff notes for the discussion. No, I, I, I think that's great. I mean, it, again, it was to level set because we're going to be asking everyone, you know, we're going to have a series where we're bringing in advisors that are actually utilizing the RISA and asking them how they use it in real life events and, and what the benefit is. The reason is we, we have two sets of, of listeners. We have advisors and we have individuals. And so for individuals, I, I think it'd be great for them to hear, you know, what, what advi how advisors are using it. And, and something that's come up actually, wait, just yesterday, we got, a, we got a, a, a note from Kevin, right? Individuals are taking this and they're asking us, hey, I want to give this to my advisor. They want to give them their research results to their advisors. And then the advisors <laughs> are like, wait, wait, what's this? You know, that, that kind of thing. And so it, it's one of these things that we want to help out with that. I, I you know, selfishly, I, I think that's fantastic, right? And then uh, there are advisors that are listening in. And so I want them to know that, look, science moves forward. And uh, to me, I, I very much think the RISA is part of that forward progress. And uh, to think about how this could be something that could be used you know, within their practice. You know, as Wade said, we are going to be having a retirement income master class uh, July 10th and 11th. And so we'll, we'll have a way to sign up for that, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. But that's that's the reasoning. We, we want to give some practical application in this podcast as opposed to just talking in theory about the RISA. Now, with that being said, Stephen and Jason are advisors of McLean Asset Management, our, our sister firm. And we're going to be talking to advisors from many different firms. But, you know, Jason and Stephen <laughs> were nearby. Right? And, you know, and they've been using this. You know, they were part of when we were even in the, in the process of creating it. So uh, I, I think it's great to have them. Before we get into the questions, though, Jason and Stephen, do you mind giving a little, you know, uh, descriptor about yourselves just so people can put into context? Who it is that's saying such brilliant things? <laughs> Absolutely, no, happy to. Uh, so I have actually been in the personal advising and retirement planning space for oh, this will be going on seventeen years now, um, and have worked at a few different firms across the industry. So uh, have a good experience of dealing with many different solutions to helping folks, you know, reach their retirement goals at the end of the day. Uh, I am a certified financial planner uh, as well as an RICP. Uh, recipient. And really, my primary role here at McLean is to help people create a financial plan that meets what their goals are and is comfortable enough for them to implement. I think that's an important aspect of it that the RISA really helps with. Um, be happy to further explain that uh, later on today. But but nonetheless, uh, that's a quick background about myself. 
Yeah, and uh, Jason and I. Uh, perfect. Sorry, Stephen. Yeah, uh, uh, Jason and I are planning partners. So all the one-time planning engagements that happen through McLean, we're working on together. Uh, and uh, you know, something we both have in common, we've both been AUM advisors. We've both been managing assets, uh, conducting financial planning together. Uh, personally, I've also worked in the insurance industry, uh, working directly for an insurer, so dealing with uh, retirement income products, long-term care products, exposure to, to, to life insurance. And, and I found that very helpful with the, uh, with the RISA as well, having that different exposure because we have total return approaches. We have varying degrees with safety first, like Wade mentioned a moment ago, uh, where we can employ different products and tools. Uh, so we can definitely discuss a little bit more about that. Uh, personally, okay. married, live in Pennsylvania with my, my wife and daughter, and uh, looking forward to, uh, to kind of uh, digging in on, on more of what Wade said as well about the, the graduate school and pre-RISA, what things were like. <laughs> Steven, if, if yeah. Jason's wife, although it's probably not a high probability, listens to this, she's going to wonder, <laughs> Steven, uh, Jason, can we talk? Steven spoke about his family in the intro, and you did not mention that in the slightest. I just thought about that when he mentioned that. Is, is there something I should know? Is, is that what's going to happen later? Did, if by chance... I said, thanks, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Way to put me out there. No, <laughs> Steven, I'll say this. Whenever Steven gets an opportunity to do an intro, he always talks about his wife and his daughter being the beacons of their of his life. I, I, he's done that on a couple of occasions. And what do we get from Jason Wade? Strict business. Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> uh, Is that what you work on Saturdays here? No. <laughs> I've got to back up my buddy here. You know, we're always talking about together what what his son is up to. Right, he's, he's always uh, you know, you, picking Steve. him up at school. New new sports activities. You know, the whole thing. Uh, I thought about that right okay. when he said that. I said, "Ooh." No, <laughs> no, that's cool. Uh, the first question, I, you know, I'm curious is. When you first came to McLean, I, I, I think this was still bubbling up. I don't think it was in its finished form. And so what was your and, – and look, whatever, you, it, it's fine. You know our style. We're, mm. we're, we're fine. If you thought, man, we thought you were crazy, that's fine. <laughs> you know, what, what was your initial reaction on the, the tasks that we were working on and how we were going around solving it and whether that was even feasible? Yeah, I uh, uh, let's start with Jason. Yeah, sure. And then we'll work it around. I, I think I yeah. I when I joined McLean, this was really at at the beginning stages of it. Like the comp sets were down and, and everything of that. But I remember you, Alex, pulling me into your office and 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 telling me, "Hey, what do you think about this? You know, just give me your outside opinion. You're newer. <laughs> yeah, you were just hired. And yeah, I, said, I, hey, about this. <laughs> I was like, uh oh, <laughs> this is fantastic. Where's the Nobel Prize? Greatest thing ever. No. <laughs> um, but I think. I, what I like to think is that the reason why you asked for my opinion was because I was new, you know, to McLean. I wasn't, of yeah, and I came from an outside perspective, from a rather, um, you know, different kind of background than than the deep financial planning uh, that McLean offers. Uh, so, you know, there was some value to that opinion. And when I first thought about it, you know, the first thing that popped in my house was uh, my mind was like behavioral finance, right? It was like it's like how do you act sure. in certain situations and things like this. And me personally, I've always liked that field of study. Right. I never dive too deep into it like this has uh, or this does for you. But I've always had an interest in that, you know, understanding why, you know, people act a certain way in certain situations around certain thoughts. Um, and it, it was, a, you know, definitely a growing field of study and still is uh, even till today. So to see a tool that kind of touches on that and and helps to narrow down what people feel about things uh, to a degree, I, I thought was a great tool. I, I had not seen something like that before. And I had, you know, I've worked at a few different large firms uh, prior to coming here to McLean, uh, but they didn't have any tools like this or weren't even thinking on this capacity. You know, it was strictly numbers driven, numbers driven, numbers driven. Everything was numbers driven. So to see a tool that that potentially in its, in its infant stages, though, grow to look outside of that, I think I, I was excited about it. I thought it was a great idea, you know, for that. Yeah. And, and before I go, I go to Stephen, uh, something and, and Wade ch chime in here, something I would say is there's, 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 there's a double-edged sword, right? Uh, cause the, you're right. Behavior finance is this huge 
sort of movement within our industry. And at some point, we got to <laughs> consider doing an arc on it, I assume. <laughs> but I, I really don't even consider this behavior finance. I consider this straight up psychology, personality psychology driven. To me, behavior finance is a, is a term that the economists use and, and, and are trying to not call themselves psychologists <laughs> and, and, and use that in, in, instead. So I'm sticking to my my educational grounding to me this is more you know if anything it's positive or personality psychology if you really want to get down to it but that being the case i still think people that get into this a lot sometimes lack certain depth from a planning perspective because ultimately you still need to have competence on how to oh, yeah. you know convert a, a roth or, or, or whatever have you right and so I, I think sometimes it's a little too lightweight. And I, I really feel with the it's, it's almost symbiotic. I, I think it technically is symbiotic if, if you really think about it. The combination of Wade and myself who are very different personality styles and everything like that and even background, we come together. And, you know, I, I, I had the, the psych component to it, but I, I think Wade sort of injected this sort of retirement income best practices into it. And just the magic sort of happened. Wade, I, I, do you disagree or agree with what yeah, we're going with Yeah, I think that? like with behavioral finance, it's in economics, the, the old like Paul Samuelson assumption, people are utility maximizers. So they maximize their utility subject to their budget constraint. They're these rational uh, supercomputers who can do all these complex calculations in their head. And behavioral finance just really brings in the idea that, no, that people don't really act that way. They need to tether themselves to simplify their life in some manner, whether it's different heuristics and things. And so behavioral finance is about trying to nudge people in the right direction by helping to change the uh, the choice architecture around the options they have and so forth. This is, yeah, I mean, the Reese is more of an assessment tool, just to, it's like the, the personality test of, of retirement, but it, it gets into... Yeah, exactly. That's- yeah, you you could solve the mathematic. Well, the, the issue is <laughs> there's uncertainty about what's going to happen in the future, and how do you deal with that uncertainty? And so I think really it's just people resonate differently with how to manage that uncertainty, and that's really the avenue of of how you can start thinking about the uh, RISA is just helping to find what what approach resonates with how people deal with uncertainty given that they're not supercomputers that can somehow calculate the, the yeah. optional choice uh, given the range of distributions of potential outcomes that can happen. And, and wait, I would say you're right. I mean, look, I, I said psychology. There are aspects of behavior finance. And, and I mean, we did create a framework matrix to make your decision-making somewhat easier, you know, et cetera. But I'll move on to Steve and with the same question. What was your take? I mean, I, you know, coming from where you came from and here it is, this is what we're using. You know, any advisor goes to a new firm, there's an integration of their quote unquote philosophy, if you will. And, you know, I would say probably on average, you probably agree with 80% of everything of a new firm, but that final mile may be the toughest, et cetera, et cetera. What what were your thoughts when we were presented? It's one of the main reasons that it it was an attractive thing for me to, to work here at McLean. And the reason for that is because of the exposure that I had previously. So kind of take you back a little bit. Um, I was working at an insurance company. I saw how insurance products can be used for retirement income strategy. And then I had transitioned to an AUM and where it was the case was just probability based. There was really no, and if there was any, it was very limited uh, inclusion of strategies outside of a total return probability based approach. So, and by AUM, just for our listening audience, yeah. you mean assets under management. So you yeah. went from an insurance-driven firm to one that's just charging which, a percentage of assets under management. Which tends to be because you're, it's like you're building an investment strategy for yeah. the assets you manage. Your assets to manage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I had had that background and I'm you know, trying to figure out what, what, what makes sense here. Like how, how do you go about planning and thinking – and this comes back to the graduate school conversation where I'd first met Wade. And uh, one of the, the goals in our class there was to, to kind of put a presentation together on, on best practices. And the topic that I chose was really incorporating uh, client decisions in the retirement planning process. You know, is it the advisor's choice, the client's choice? 
And of course, in, in my opinion, I think it's the client's choice is absolutely instrumental to the whole process, right? They're the ones who are going to have to live uh, with the plan in retirement and be comfortable. Uh, and this was, this was pre-RISA. And at that time, you know, the process was you'd have to go through this entire educational uh, component with the client, try to explain all these different topics. And, and uh, these are things that the, the RISA incorporates and just completely makes that whole process much more efficient, much more organized, uh, it develops a common framework for communication between the advisor and the client so that they can have a better conversation. Uh, I mean, there's still value to, to doing some of those things, like uh, going through the educational process, diving a little deeper on certain topics the client might be curious about, maybe building multiple plans out. Um, but it was exactly what was needed to, to clean up that whole process, to make it more efficient in a client engagement. If you're looking for more personal advice, please note that our show is sponsored by McLean Asset Management. Learn more at McLeanAM.com. That's M-C-L-E-A-N-A-M.com. McLean Asset Management is a wealth management firm where we help you design and implement the right retirement plan for you. No, thank you for that. Wade, I, I, that conversation, I don't know, Wade and Jason, but that, that and Stephen, thank you. But yeah. there could have been another line of, 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 a, of an answer. And I would, you know, in my back of my head, I was thinking you were going to, not you were going to say, but I thought, imagine if you said this, how would Wade react? And Wade, I came up with a reason. Yeah, I turned it into I turned it in as a midterm paper for you, and you buried it. And now all of a sudden, here it is. Yeah, the client-driven twist. That's what here it is. Stephen was describing the whole idea that let the let the individual guide their way with their preferences rather than having the advisor force that upon them. So I don't know. We have to go back and find what you submitted there. Mm. No. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, the, the, the idea I saw, was, I, I saw yeah. it in a dream. <laughs> it was an important topic that was just being discussed throughout the, the graduate the graduate program at that time. Um, but it's really the creation of an assessment tool, right? That's yeah. that's what matters here. The creation of an assessment tool to 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 really add stability to that whole process, right? Um, put academic rigor to it. Uh, make sure that it's something that can be done efficiently, right? educating the client, creating that common framework for communication up front. So it's one thing to, to factor in preferences and you know, advisors have been doing that for quite a while, right? some of them, um, but the assessment tool component of it is really the important part. No, I, 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 I think you're right. And, and it's no coincidence actually that you thought of this. I mean, any any advisor that's, you know, wants the best for their clients, mm -hmm. you know, f from that standpoint, really is trying to think of solutions that match their underlying style, because if they don't implement, what's the point, right? And so mm -hmm. I, I think something Wade and I have said all along is all we did was really surface up something that was being done in a clumsy way, in a cumbersome kind of way, simply because there was no framework around it. Mm -hmm. That, you know, that really is the, the, the prestige around what, what we've done, which, you know, that in itself is, is fine. I, I think I've told Wade many times, and we've had this conversation, I think I've said it in the podcast. To me, I think good science really just makes explicit what is to some extent universally implicit. Mm -hmm. And it just puts, you know, a, a construct around it. Structure, yeah. That, that's that, sure. that's my thinking around that. And that's kind of the echoes of what I've heard with, with what you are saying. But that being the case, uh, in terms of moving along, I had another question. Where hey, how would you how would how would you describe it to an advisor? Right, but I, I think we've we've covered that. I mean, it's effectively, uh, you know, what, what you guys have said, especially with what Wade said at the beginning. But how we're coming off to because a question we get from advisors, Wade and I just had a study group where we had an advisor ask us, "How do I use this in my practice?" I get it. I get what it does. Right? When do I use it? How do I use it? What role does it play? Because, you know, as an advisor, you're thinking, I have a technology stack, I have a financial plan, I have a risk questionnaire, I have, heck, I even have a CRM that I have to get data from, I, I have a financial, you know, there's a whole host of technology things. As a consumer, just understand that your advisor is trying to make these, you know, how do I make my practice efficient and where does something like this fit in, right? And so we get asked this a lot. Where does this fit in with our practice? 
Wade has said many times, this is the first step, mm-hmm. really, uh, of the thing. And we're coming off of Wade and myself and Bob, but it really is, it's Bob's show and, and Wade, Bob and Wade's show. And frankly, Jason, you may be doing a little more than me at this point. Uh, you know, we're coming off our retirement income challenge for consumers. Do you want to talk about that workflow and how we use the RISA in terms of where does it fit in crystallizing a plan for somebody? Absolutely. Uh, it it It's really kind of on what Wade said. It's at the initial steps of working with an individual on either a getting to know each other basis, you know, otherwise like a prospecting basis, if you want to call it that, uh, or if somebody is within an active engagement working with us and creating a financial plan. It's at the very beginning that we introduce this. Um, and the reason why is it kind of it sets a foundation uh, to what we're going to be discussing with you, how we're going to be looking at your situation, um, the ideas that we're starting to formulate about how we can help you and, and, and what avenue we're going to go down. Uh, and it's important to have that from the very beginning rather than go through some or even all of the planning process and then realize at that point, mm, this other strategy would have been better or more fitting or more comfortable uh, with the individual and then have to backtrack and do the planning over again. Right. So having that done uh, on the on the initial steps of either an active engagement or even getting to know somebody can really help to make sure that that uh, that relationship starts off on the right foot and is built on the correct foundation. Yeah. And so what do we do in the challenge? What do we do last week? Just to be a little more prescriptive here. uh, You know, what do we it's a four day challenge, Mm -hmm. right? And so just to give a sense of, from an order of operations standpoint, how, how, what, what, what do we do? Well, we, the, some, of the, some of the asks that happen within it um, are other tools that are being used um, for retirement okay. research, right? Like the funded ratio, as an example, uh, is one. And again, a building block, right? It, it establishes a foundation. It doesn't give you the financial plan of what to do, but it establishes a baseline to work off of. But we're teaching folks... Uh, essentially, how to look at their finances, right? How, how are you approaching your retirement strategies, your income strategies, uh, and then using the tools that are available to build the plan together. The plan isn't just done in an instant. It's, it's a building process that happens. First, you have yeah. certain steps and then you... So, so, so if I'm hearing you correctly, so this is like, so the retirement income challenge is something we offer through Retirement Researcher, which mm-hmm. is, you know, our membership site, if you will. And, uh, you know, we, we had more than 300, less than 700 people attend. I, I, I For whatever reason, I, I don't remember the number. Uh, and so the first day, we give everyone the RISA. Everyone takes the RISA. You know, we talk about the framework. They get homework. They do the RISA at home. They come, we come, they come back on Tuesday. We discuss the RISA. And then that sets their starting point. And then to your point, Jason, we give them a funded ratio to do mm-hmm. And that's their homework for the night. They do a funded ratio. We have a program that we've created and they take it. And we've, we've had episodes on the funded ratio previously. Wade, myself, I, I think even Blanchett yeah. mm-hmm. was, yeah, was part was of that, Wade, right? About funded ratios. Yeah. And that's effectively a present value balance sheet of where you're at. And that lets that gives you a sense if what you want as a starting point from the RISA is economically feasible. All right. And then on the third day, you know, we talk about the interpretations of the funded ratio and how you can take your RISA starting points and, and start, you know, going down that path. And on the fourth day, we do, uh, you know, the soft, the softer side of retirement. You know, the you know, the money's just the, the non, means non-financial to the end, aspects, will, right? Yeah. But yeah, the non-financial aspects. Yeah, there you go. And so from there, though, you know, you have a starter plan, but then. We're able to do a, a, you know, we're able to offer out of that whoever wants to a full, a full-fledged plan. But you have that backdrop of the RISA that allows you to, to sort of, you know, see what avenues to go down. Is that a correct uh, assumption on my end? Absolutely. Yeah, and those are those are the foundation blocks that are being laid leading up to you putting together a plan. You know, at the end of the day. Okay, and Stephen, do you want to maybe take? So we've done a lot of high-level stuff. Is there a, a, a case study that we can talk about where you know advisors can see it, but as importantly, a consumer can learn something about a specific financial planning strategy that you know started with the RISA and ended with the application of a tactic? Absolutely. Jason and I were just talking about this a moment ago. Jason, did you want to relay? 
Sure, absolutely. Right, we, have, we had a case we were just discussing. Yeah, go yeah. for it. This is a more a more recent case, actually, um, uh, where at the beginning of the this this individual signed up uh, or couple signed up for a financial planning engagement. So we were creating a financial plan for them from the ground up. They had never had one created before. Um, they were entering into retirement very soon. Uh, they needed to make some important decisions on how they're going to continue their income strategy throughout retirement with what they have available to them. So they they begin the engagement with us, and the first thing we do is we have them take the RISA. You know, during our kind of information gathering uh, time of the engagement, the RISA is is given and provided at that point. Again, at the onset, you know, of an engagement beginning. And going into the engagement, they had expressed to us a very a very strong comfort and just familiarity with probability base, right? It's just what they've done their entire life. So they were familiar with it. They were comfortable with it. And they did not know if other types of strategies would make sense for them, add value, or or they would be comfortable with. They just didn't know. They didn't know what they didn't know about what was available out there. So, you know, imagine starting off a, a relationship like that where we don't know, right, which direction we're kind of going in, or we can go in any direction here. So we're not going to come and prepare 10 financial plans that can go in any direction, right? To show them, we want to narrow it down and make their choices. Nor, easy. nor do you want to impose your worldview. Exactly. On that Our client. biases. You know, are that's, anything. that's, that's yeah. what the, un, that's the unwritten sort of sin, if you will, that, that happens in our industry quite a bit where we just jam a lot of prospects and clients with how the advisor would do his or her own plan. But that is go on. absolutely correct. Yes. Uh, so it, so the RISA played an important role in, in, again, laying down that foundation of where do we start the planning from, right? Like what, what are we working towards here and with what solutions are going to be a good fit, you know, for this individual as, we're, as Steve and I are looking at what solutions are available. We look at the open market, but any way we can narrow it down makes it a much more efficient and understandable and ultimately more comfortable plan to be implemented, which is the key, the key to any financial plan is the implementation of it. So, um, so the RISA came back where, guess what? They were leaning towards safety first. <laughs> they weren't entirely, you know, but safety first, but not just safety first, but up or down. Cause commitment, sometimes commitment, safety first. Income protection. Yes. Okay. Um, income protection. Yes. As, yeah, as income protection as it's yeah officially labeled and different than the probability based, right? I mean, that's, that's a different <laughs> strategy. <It's> diametrically <laughs> exactly. Different. <laughs> you can't get you know much more opposite than that. So that was interesting, right? I mean, they had been comfortable with probability based. They were expecting a plan, you know, in their own minds going into this engagement on a probability based structure. But we came back and said, hmm, it appears that. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, because I, I'm going to be very picky, you said they were comfortable with probability based. You know, with a probability-based optionality component, which is totally true, I would I would kick back and say, you know what? Maybe they weren't comfortable. Maybe they just acquiesced to that approach. Well, that's was a it fair statement because it's the way they, was it you the were going to say something. Both individuals were income protection, or was one income protection and the other was total return? And the one who was total return, one individual kind of followed the other one's yeah. lead uh-huh. for the most part. Um, so, yeah. Whether or not that individual, it was never expressed, you know, to us. Um, they took the reset oh, they took together, it together. Okay. Uh, as a couple. Yes, and it and it came up with this, uh, with this strategy because it was it was a couple. Um, but yes, it came back with an opposite type of you know uh, route to go down and explore with them, and that's the way I, I purposely chose that word explore because. Again, before presenting to them and putting together the plan, we don't know, right, at that point. At that point, we've just identified, hey, another strategy is worth looking into and is worth uh, further planning around to see what the what the results end up being. At the end of the engagement, we ended up drafting two plans for them. One on their probability-based approach that they expressed their, you know, again, you know, comfort with, if you will, uh, and another leaning towards the, the, the safety first side, right? The option or the commitment and, um, income protected, you know, side essentially. And lo and behold, the plan that incorporated more income protected strategies, you know, that fit what the RISA was saying actually came out with a higher probability of success end of life, preserved the assets more end of life value and provided them a more smoother road mm-hmm. throughout retirement. Versus the probability based side, and this otherwise would not have been a strategy that maybe was even explored with them if it wasn't identified that that might be an option that they're interested in through the RISA. 
So going back and doing that on the initial steps helped us to identify an area to further explore with them, did so, and actually at the end of the day produced a better result, you know, uh, and was the actual plan that they implemented. Yeah. yeah. That's the, I mean, that's I the, know, I was afraid to ask. No, that's the, that's yeah, the, I didn't know the answer before. Yeah, I was like, uh, did they do, do it? I dare, do, I, do I dare disturb the universe? Uh, and ask? Yeah, no, it was ultimately implemented, uh, the approach that was brought to our attention. And having the RISA there as, again, an unbiased tool to help lead us to that made that presentation of those other solutions a lot easier for the advisor, for us, and a lot easier for the uh, clients to be able to accept. Because as Alex said, we didn't come into it with our own perceptions of what the best route is and saying, oh, no, okay, we're going to go this route because that's what I know. And that's what I'm going to No, it, it, it opened up the door and allowed for a better end result for the client. And I'd say also with that, that's what I meant by the educational process of going through the reset. Yes, it's gauging preferences. Yes, it's giving us as planners an answer as to what that client prefers. But when they go through it, they're seeing you know, not only their result, but what else is out there. You know, what are those other parts of the of the uh, the quadrant, mm -hmm. right? And and asking questions. Yeah. What does that entail? What is that approach like? And uh, sometimes, if there's curiosity, we may just to confirm that uh, they, their preferences are accurate and. We may end up building multiple plans just to mm -hmm. demonstrate those approaches yeah. to the other clients. But no, but people Jason, don't think in people don't carry their lives actively thinking about the trade-offs of everything. This kind of puts it to the forefront. Some of the when we were creating the questionnaires, we we started asking them for feedback. You know, we started mm -hmm. asking people that were taking it, "Hey, give us some feedback. Just open, open, open-ended question." And we got back a number of times, "Hey, just taking it was cathartic and a learning experience." So to your point. Just taking it and forcing you to answer these questions really causes you to just, just take a moment and think through things in a manner that you may not be able to do otherwise. Absolutely. And that dynamic that uh, that Jason described with that particular client, they were also a client who they'd, they'd built up their assets through a kind of total return approach, right? They had equity from a prior employer. Uh, they had saved in that capacity. That's what they were used to. That's what they knew. But going through the process opened their eyes a little bit to what other options are there around retirement income. And that's okay. a transition that yeah, they, they want to be comfortable with in retirement. Perfect. Before we go more, uh, how can someone find out more about, because I would imagine there's folks listening in mm -hmm. and they're thinking, all right, fine, let, let's take this. You know, what, what is this about? Uh, Jason, you want to give a, you know, how can someone find out more about uh, you and the team? Absolutely. Um, all the information is on McLean's website, uh, McLeanAM.com, which is M C L E A N A as an Apple, M as in Mary.com. Uh, if you go to our website, you can read more uh, about one, uh, what Steve and I do on the planning side, and two, uh, find a link to the read to be able to take. So that you can take it yourselves, uh, see what it's about, and see if it fits, you know, kind of what you're thinking. Yeah, the, I think it's a get started, right? It, they click on yes, the get you started. Yes, you have to click. Like, it gets, good point, Alex. You have to hit get started first, and then um, it'll be sent to you uh, as a link. But it's on the McLeanAM.com website. Okay, uh, Stephen, anything to add to that? No, we 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 always enjoy like again. That's our that's our first part of our conversations, going through the discovery process with clients is really digging into the research results, you know, understanding client preferences, talking about the various concerns they may have, and and how we can address that through plan design. To find out more about how you can use the RISA to help you identify the annuities that may resonate with your clients, visit risaprofile.com/advisors and sign up for the waitlist to join our next Retirement Income Masterclass on August 28th and 29th. Once more, that's risaprofile.com slash advisors. So uh, you, you said something yeah. interesting, and, and this is, I, I think this benefits both audiences. Because, uh, you know, we look at, you know, it, it's, a, it's McLean is a going concern, right? And so we look at the, you know, how things are, 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 are coming along. And there is a clear difference for prospects, you know, uh, for clients, we're going to have Jess and, and her team on and we'll talk about, you know, how it's used with existing clients when they transition into retirement income planning, into a retirement income plan. But for new clients, let's call them prospects, 
effectively, there's a clear difference of those that start with Theresa than those that didn't, uh, you know, on, on many levels. I, I, I think part of that is it's not the magic of the Theresa per se, but I think it's in the the rapport that's created when you start drilling down. You know, in, in terms of the questions, because beyond the RISA itself, the RISA is just 12 questions. You can we, you can add a section where you're asking them about their retirement concerns, you know, longevity, liquidity, legacy, lifestyle. And you can see how that sort of uh, interacts with their RISA profile. Can you talk about a little bit about that? Does it or does it not, you know, help with the rapport building? And you know what? There's there's one more section. And I don't know if you use it consistently or not, but we there's a section of the RISA which actually creates, a, we call it the implementation matrix, which it, it asks the consumers a, a series of questions, whether how effective, how cost effective they think an advisor is, right? Yeah. You know, you can make the case, okay, an advisor is effective, but it's not worth the, they're not worth the cost. That's fine. I'm not here to argue it or whatever. I, I almost don't even care. It's almost like, I just want to know where you're coming from, mm. you know, for, from this perspective. And so there's a, how cost effective you think an advisor is, and then how self-efficacious are you in terms of solving your retirement income challenge. How good do you think of a job you can do at this, right? And so that helps us create personas, the collaborator, the the delegator, the do-it-yourselfer, and the validator. The collaborator is somebody that high self-efficacy but thinks an advisor's value and wants to be part of the team, right? The delegator, they don't want to do this, so their self-efficacy is low. Not, not, not necessarily always competence, they just don't want to do it, right? And they think an advisor adds value above and beyond, so they want to delegate it off, right? A validator maybe just wants a one-time financial plan or a one-time annuity transaction, something like that, to, to get them going until the next inflection point. And then a do-it-yourselfer, they think the advisor's useless and, you know, they think they're great. So it's good luck, right? You know, kind of. And that's fine. You know, I, yeah. I, it's almost like I, I just want to know how they want to implement so we can send them in the right direction, right? So we have the RISA, we have the retirement concerns, and we have this implementation matrix where we identify personas because I think it's important for that person to know what cadence of relationship or information they should want as they implement. Do you do that in the – you give those to, to, to you folks? And then how does that help in the, the whole rapport building and, and uh, expectations of the relationship? Definitely covering all those topics in our engagements. And I think it helps in the rapport building because it, what, what generally works as a planner, in my mind, experience here, is we, we want to make sure the client knows they're understood, that they've relayed all, the, all their concerns, they're heard, and we're considering those concerns in plan design, and we're addressing those concerns in plan design. Uh, so as you mentioned, like the different concerns, longevity, that's something that if it's a high concern, we can discuss the ways to address that as one example, right? It's not the, not the only way it can be addressed, but life annuity in addressing longevity concerns is one approach that can add value from a planning perspective. If legacy is a concern, okay, who is it? Who's the, who's, who in particular is that you would, you would like to leave a legacy to? Is there a certain amount? When, you know, what, what are the details of that, that situation and that dynamic so that we can craft that into our plans design? And in terms of matrix implementation, it's funny because we'll get results sometimes that say maybe an, an advisor doesn't add value in, in, in that case, but we're working with them anyway. <laughs> so that's, that's always uh, yeah. always interesting. Um, but yeah, I guess it's more about you know, a, a, a one-time engagement. You say, so you think I'm useless? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why do you get even presented? <laughs> I think it's like this dynamic of like, yeah. is it a one-time engagement where they yeah. just want to make sure they're off on the they're off on the right foot, right? And yeah, that okay. and that's something that they're comfortable with and they're okay validators with taking it from sorts. there. Yeah, the validators exactly, just right? they don't uh, want an ongoing relationship, yeah. but they also don't feel comfortable <laughs> doing everything on their own. So more of a one-time planning engagement may resonate better. Sure. Mm -hmm. Well. Also, the the beauty behind the the one time plan engagement is that you get to see what needs to be done, you know, for for your plan to work out, and then at that time determine do I want to do this or can I do it myself or do I should I employ you know professionals to do this for me or maybe parts of it and some of it you do yourself. You know, I mean, you you get to see what needs to be done before you make that kind of decision or commitment to actually go full forward working with somebody in perpetuity. And have you seen? Uh... Anyone have a change of heart or? 
I mean, everyone's appreciative once you do the sure, plan. I have yeah. to think because it's a it's a heck of a th- it's a heck of a deliverable. I mean, I it really is like hats off to the team. But what 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 are you know if someone is a validator and they want to implement themselves, you know, regardless, right? I obviously I think sometimes you need you know you get by with a little help from your friends. But what, what's your reaction? Is there a change of heart or are they just no? Thank you. Once. Go ahead, Steve. Sorry. No, I'd say you know, once we identify the path forward, we can kind of set expectations with the client and uh, say, here's what you're going to have to do to implement this and manage it on your own. Is that something that you're comfortable with? And from there, that they can make the decision is mm-hmm. truly, is it worth it or not, depending on what they would otherwise have to do if someone's not working with them, doing these things for them. Uh, so that, that's what we found. But the starting point for all of that is the RISA, right? Identifying yeah, mm-hmm. preferences and building plan from there with those preferences accounted for. Um, we, we have folks that do reach out to us for one-time engagements that do work with an advisor, you know, at another, really? yeah, actually more times than you may think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it happens pretty often, actually. I have an advisor, but they don't do planning, right? They do AUM and like, that's what they do. And that's fine. Our asset under management type of, they just manage the investments. They don't do the in-depth planning. I, I, I like what I've heard, you know, and I th- is that management passive or active? Active, active management. You know, Jeez. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and they're collecting a you know a decent decent size fee for that. And do you point them to the podcast <laughs> that Wade, Bob, and I did on uh, active versus versus passive? The, the I don't know the four or five of these. We have I mean, pointed goodness. them in, in in the direction yeah of these if if they're saying hmm you know how do I find out well you might want to check this out <laughs> and and take a look there, but um. But yes, we, we – Yeah, it's – it. yeah, go, sorry, sorry. No, go we do have clients that do come to us with already existing relationships with advisors for the financial plan, right? And then take our plan back to their advisor, you know, and say, help me implement. I mean, we've had folks do that, you know, and that's that's fine. What we're here to deliver is the plan, right? Yeah. That's it at the it's end of the day. fine with us. Yeah, no, we're, we're fine with yeah. that. I'm just curious, do they do – they, do they absorb the irony of that? <laughs> I don't know. They, they don't express it to us if it is or isn't. Um, it's usually just, you know, like, thank you, I understand, and you know, go go along their way. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. but we've had we've had we've had some folks that otherwise were self directed for the majority of their life, or at least what they've expressed to us, you know, in their investing career, and decide that they needed a, a professional, you know, manager to help them in retirement. Right, because they there is no redos. There's no sure. time that you have to make up for issues. So we've had that happen. No, I think that's great. Uh, yeah. Wait. Well, I, this may be a good time to segue into talking about what's coming up. But yeah, no, that's very interesting, Jason. I think the the clock is ticking on that sort of in, active investment manager, where all they're doing is managing the investment portfolio. People are, especially in retirement, people are looking for guidance and planning. And if all you do is manage an investment portfolio, the, the clock is ticking on that being viable as a, a way to run a practice. But um, yeah, that's just mentioned. So we were talking about the consumer challenge that we did recently. Well, coming up next would be the the advisor version of that. So Alex and I will have the Retirement Masterclass uh, coming July 10th and 11th from 12 to 2 Eastern Time. And it will be an opportunity for advisors to learn more about the RISA and the research behind it, how they can potentially use that as part of their firms as well. Uh, The educational components of that are eligible for CE credit. And and so we're excited to to have that. There'll be an opportunity to sign up uh, in the link in the show notes. That's coming up for the financial advisors in July. And, and always, to, again, with because we have this split audience, it can get confusing. So that what I just described, July 10th and 11th, is for financial advisors in the audience. But for the consumers or individual household investors, retirees who are listening as well, uh, we do have those challenges from time to time for them. And if they just are seeking out more guidance, maybe you're thinking about what are the different options available? Is it an ongoing wealth management relationship? Am I maybe just more interested in a one-time financial plan? Uh, Stephen and Jason, could you review again about how those individuals could get in touch with the your team? Absolutely. Yes, it's uh, it's very simple. Uh, just go to the uh, McLean Asset Management website, which is mcleanam.com, M-C-L-E-A-N-A-M, as in Mary, dot com, and then go to the Get Started button. 
Uh, it'll just ask you for some quick information, like what are you interested in speaking about? And it'll it'll actually come to me and and I'll be the one that uh, that reaches Please, out. Thank to you me. for spelling that because we no, that <laughs> I realize now it's very easy to misspell McLean, so it does help to <laughs> provide the spelling for it. <laughs> oh, it, it it is. And and with me, wait, I, I kind of mumble my words. So yeah, the A N and then A M always throws me management. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's McLean Asset Management. So it's McLean, like McLean, Virginia, McLeanAM.com. And then uh, on, on the for advisors, it's resoprofile.com. There, there's an advisor section, and you can just join the wait list now if, you, if, if, if you're interested in the, in the master class coming up. Uh, anything that we missed, again, we really want to make it, you know, I want to have takeaways for, for every member of our audience. Wait, anything we may have missed, and since this is the first one of, of these that we're kicking off the arc. I think that was a really good overview. And thank you for sharing your experiences, Jason and Stephen, and also for sharing that case study. I'm (laughs) glad to hear they did end up going with the plan that they might not have just based on their past experiences initially gravitated towards. So that's wonderful to hear. Thank you for sharing and, and being part of the episode today. Our pleasure. No, thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. All right. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks everyone. All right. Uh, <laughs> until until next week on Retire with Style. Thank you for listening. Wade and Alex are both principals in McLean Asset Management and Retirement Researcher. Both are SEC registered investment advisors located in Tyson's, Virginia. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational and educational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific securities. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor. All investing comes with a risk, including risk of loss. Past performance does not guarantee future results.